Well, I guess that was that was my that that was the problem. So that if 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 he went all the way and removed himself completely from it. So like when you when when um, I know that his book precedes it, but people say that maybe he was influenced by the Blair Witch Project. Right. Like I I remember going into the Blair Witch Project not knowing if it was real or not. I think. Yeah. Like the way they did it was in such a way that you didn't know. You just didn't know if it was real or not, and so that would have been a lot more interesting with this if it, you had that same like if you just if he removed himself completely I don't know if you can do that I, you know especially well, with with egos like or like to put so much work into something your first thing and then to completely remove yourself from it so you, so you think the whole the whole thing about the first edition on the internet is is just bullshit. Yes. It, it, did you find anything definitive about that? Like, because uh, I got the sense if it isn't bullshit, then it that one would have been anonymous. So, it, it, well, it wouldn't have had his name on it. At least it wouldn't have had Danielski's name on it. Um. But uh, but maybe maybe it doesn't it never existed. I don't I don't think so. I think it's mythology. But yeah. And I might have read yeah. that, but I might not have. It might just be something that I want to believe. But then I think right at the beginning, uh, somewhere near the beginning, you know, Johnny tells us none of this is real. And so, like in the in the Amazon thing, or maybe it's on Wikipedia, they're saying it. You know, Johnny Truen is writing about a film that may or may not exist, and it's like, no, the film does not exist. And I get that's that's my hang up. I think is that you know we we know <coughs> we know for certain that doesn't exist. Oh, which reminds me of so the, the Johnny Truant. Um, Epigram is this is not for you, right? So you have the yeah. the forward that, that tells you that you know that the first edition was privately distributed and did not contain chapter twenty one, appendix two, appendix three, or the index. That's from the editors, yeah. Yeah, and then and then Johnny Truant has his epigram that says this is not for you, which is really interesting. Like I I keep coming back to that. It's like. Well, then who is it for? <laughs> it's for him, I think, right? You know, like, this is his awakening. He gets he gets into sync with this material and then, like you said, comes through on the other side. But then after his introduction, which is part of that last chapter, you know, like this, he writes about the introduction yeah, in yeah, that chapter. Yeah, and yeah. so it's circular in that way, in a really interesting sort of way. Um uh then once you get into the the zampano material then his epigram is muss es sein must it be mm -hmm. and so maybe that's the answer to my question you know 
you still have a house of leaves whether or not it's real or not. Yeah, so um, it's a good question is if it would have been better if if uh, you didn't know if the house of uh, the uh, sorry, the Navidson record, the movie, if you didn't know that was real or not. But of course you could find out like you, you like you but could you find would out want easily. to find out like it would be a mystery. It would it like, is this real? But you, and they would make you it would, even more uncanny because you would be like looking, you would do your academic research to find out whether or not. But you could find out that like in a, in a couple seconds, you know, if it's real or not real. Right. So, so it's almost like he, uh, he goes beyond that and tells you it's not real in the first place. And then if it's not real, it shouldn't have any effect on, on him or you or anybody else. Right. But but it does, you know, somehow, you know, so, so that I, I think that's the, uh, it's kind of the point he's making, you know, like something that's not real, um, including this whole book, uh, still affects you in a, in a deep way. Like the, the, the kind of the, the labyrinth can open up, like the, the spiral staircase can open up anywhere, you know, um, and it, and it doesn't matter if it's real or not. Is kind of what I, I think he was, he's doing. But, okay. but still, I, I, still, yeah. still, I don't know. It, is it successful or not? Like that's the that's the question, you know. Well, that's why I started with. I think it's it's art, and I think it's beautiful, but I don't know if it's literature. But. I mean, you always convince me that yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's not literature. I don't know what it is. But I don't know yeah. that I would want. So it would. Part of like this is definitely one that you want to read. But you don't have to read it. Like there was, there's some crazy person that read the whole thing. <laughs> in an audio form. But he reads it so weird. Um, it almost fits with it. I almost wonder if it isn't something that Danielewski had done. Like he approved somehow. Yeah. Well, because what, how do you how do you mean so weird? He reads everything so slow and kind of does it like this. So you know, it's like this is not for you. I still get nightmares. In fact, I get them so often, I should be used to them by now. <laughs> I'm not. You know, like, that's how it reads the whole thing. And so something... <laughs> it makes it longer. Like, it's just hours and hours. Dude, I think if, just... they, <laughs> if there was a good audio version of this, you know, I would, you would engage with it on that level, too, maybe. Does he have the same voice for every uh, every part? Pretty much. I mean, he really hams up Johnny, but then the rest is uh, maybe a little bit less hammy, but it's basically one character. Yeah, so I wonder if um, it would be better if it was 
had different voices in it or or not or it's hard, hard that would to be say. interesting yeah like if you had like a like an academic read the academic part and then like a johnny punk ass bringing johnny like there's so many quotes and things in this you could have well, hundreds of he, people reading <laughs> he botches a lot of the different languages and then he like there are portions where you just have catalog lists right where like, did you read all those things? Flying Buttress, yeah. Herm, yeah, yeah. Belvedere, Pavilion, Pastas, Narthrax, Lunas, like Stormers. He's, all of those sections he's saying, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have this. And it's like, uh, I was thinking when I was reading it, reading it and then um, I found somebody else talking about this also, is that uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a negative theology, right? Where... Where that's how you relate to God, and you say God is not this. It's not this. It's not this. It's nothing you can think of. It doesn't contain any of these things, you know. And then he 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 goes through a list of uh, of architects too, and and architectural works, and says no, it's not like this. It's not like this. It's not like this. So it's like uh, it's 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 really kind of a like I said, like a, a negative theology. Um, and Navison comes back to that too afterwards. He, he he writes a letter to Karen and says, uh, "I think the house is God." <laughs> so it, uh, I kind of take it on that level, you know, like a sort of a religious text. Well, do you see yourself diving back into this, or? I don't know. I, I was just I was writing down a bunch of notes for this just to prepare, but uh, then I was thinking I I could write something if I had time about this. You know, it's kind of it's there's just so much to work with it with this book. You know, because it has so many references to everything in it. You know, like just you you could just like I I see what we're doing on this uh, this kind of book club is kind of a it's like a sync exploration of of literature basically, right? Um, and it, it kind of seems that's what he's doing in this book too, you know? Um, and it, it, it seemed to me like it was almost written for our group. You know, it has all these authors that we already looked at. <laughs> you know? well, like I was, I was pretty, I was pretty surprised by this book. I was expecting it not to be so deep. And I, I just thought it was just going to be some kind of gimmicky thing, but it, it actually goes pretty profound. Well, so that's what's interesting with the last three. So we we started in the overstory, and then the underworld is... It, we actually go into the underworld in this one, right? Yeah. Whereas... Right, from the, right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, underworld is about... It, I mean, that's what's interesting. It's it's about g garbage or. Yeah, I don't even remember. I mean, why did he Radio call that? Why did he call it under underworld? Because it's oh, it's the... radioactivity, and then the and then the and then the sort of mafia setting in in New York at that time too. Um, and then the and the sort of underworld of like uh, baseball memorabilia 
collectors um so it's connected the stuff to the conspiracy theory and <laughs> under the surface but like this really is like the underworld yeah it's the unconscious thing. like he there's a there's the quote at the back like you remember the section at the back which just quotes um so the question is who compiles these quotes right like would who like is it Zampano who compiled these quotes or is it Johnny or is it his mother and I think it turns out to be his mother because in one of her letters there's this passage in old English and it's exactly what you find in the in the quotes at the back um, so I think she's compiled all these quotes which is really interesting because they're all about the house and the echo and everything else in the book so it makes it seem like that she uh, she's actually the writer of the book um, but uh but one of those quotes is is by Jung. Um, really, sort of like I remember reading this in Jung, and I was really blown away by it. It's it's his dream, Jung's dream, where he visits a house, and he goes further and further down into the depths of the house, and it gets, it goes further and further back in time. So he, as he as he goes, like he starts on the top of this house, and it has a certain amount of stories. And then as he goes down, he's going further and further back into history. And then finally, it's like this dirt floor. And it's just there's it's just completely primitive with skulls on the floor. And like, uh, um, and, and, and for Jung, this was a, uh, a huge message about the unconscious. So. So this idea that, yeah, the whole book is an exploration of, of that, you know. It, it, yeah, the the minotaur, the minotaur being the uh, the center of the labyrinth, right? Yeah. But he's stroked out, you know. He's every time he's um, like in in Derrida, it's like under erasure, you know. You stroke it out, so it's like the the displaced center again, you know, like. A, well, so the you never see the monster. You see the scratches, but you never see the monster. Yeah, yeah. You don't, when, even, you don't know when what the monster is. Right. And the monster's always just in their head, because like, when he's first engaging with it, Johnny is like, I know it's not there, but then he still reacts to it and imagines. And, and Holloway becomes the monster, basically. Like he gets so freaked out by the monster, he becomes a monster himself and starts shooting people. Uh, and then, and then, Johnny Truant. This is the other ambiguity. Like you, you look at the dates, and then right before he wrote the introduction, which is on Halloween, yeah. um, he uh, he may have killed um, Kirie's Polish boyfriend, and maybe killed and raped her. You know, uh, but. Then in other parts is saying no, no, that didn't happen. You know, like uh, we got into a fight, but it, I, I stopped it. Or like, uh, but it describes him there as, uh, as, as the Minotaur. Like even his, uh, his features started to change. Like he, his, his body started to change. Yeah. yeah well there are a lot of I mean the shining because the shining is about the labyrinth yeah also. 
Yeah. And it's also sort of a, a supernatural story that is possibly not supernatural at all. Sort of just a sort of a family going insane together. Yeah. Um, and Jack, he becomes the Minotaur bellowing out you know the growl and dying in the maze um i don't really have a point here <laughs> i'm just sort of no um yeah i think i think he's he's totally thinking of the shining like uh so you have the shining so you have the which hedge is also about maze. the uncanny big time sorry yeah so you have the hedge maze, which is the labyrinth, but then you have the the hotel itself, which is which is a labyrinth, right? It doesn't make and any the sense. Minute, you know? The miniature model of the hedge maze. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's then, what's and, interesting about labyrinths and mazes, where depending on how tightly wound you are, like a maze and a labyrinth are really not similar at all. And but no. when, when no, we no. can think of Minos and his or Dedalius's creation, it is a maze because they need the the thread to get out, I think. What's her name? Uh Ariadne. Yeah. But like with the labyrinth, there's just one path. And so that that struck out part on 114 that I read, um where it leads you in but it frees you. Um but it brings you back to yourself like that does feel like what a labyrinth does where uh, like a true labyrinth is just one path that you follow into the heart of it and but, um, and then you you end up coming out the same way and it becomes like a meditation on life where like the door that you enter is the door that you exit from it's it's just you know you have a different perspective on it but that's interesting what you said because that um, the word labyrinth um, refers to like one of the first references to it was the uh, was the King Minos labyrinth right um, with Minotaur with the Minotaur and, and Theseus right like that's called that's called a labyrinth like that's that's um, so that but they but they do Theseus does need Ariadne's thread. Um, but right, because they conceive of it like a maze where you you can get lost and get eaten by the the minotaur. But like, uh, if you look at like the Shards Labyrinth or the like the ancient Seven Course Labyrinth, you know these are these kind of like sausage looking things where it just is at one spinning path that encodes like it's it's a a universe. It's the whole. Um, like, like a mandala yeah, yeah. the the shards labyrinth has like two hemispheres and you know they you can attribute meaning to the different features like the length and the whole thing yeah i'm just reading from uh from wikipedia on this and it 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 says what you were saying too in in english the term labyrinth is generally synonymous with maze as a result of the long history of unicursal representation of the mythological labyrinth, however, many contemporary scholars and enthusiasts observe a distinction between the two. In this specialized usage, maze 
refers to a complex branching multi-cursal puzzle with choices of path and direction, while a unicursal labyrinth has only a single path to the center. A labyrinth in this sense has an unambiguous route to the center and back and presents no navigational challenge. Uh, yeah, but that's it, in the same article though. The, the first thing that comes up was the uh, King Minos's labyrinth, which obviously it must have had more than one passage because they use the thread. Uh, so it's it's weird. There's a there's a footnote in this in the in the book too where it's saying in uh, in Orphic cults um, the thread of Ariadne also represented semen. <laughs> So it's this weird, there's this whole sexual dimension to it as well. There was, right, because like I, I thought he was, there was a footnote that was talking about the the etymology of the word labyrinth. And I did not double check him, but there was something about slipping. You know, it seemed like it mm. was, it had some sexual connotation also. Mm. Yeah, of course, the, the Johnny Truant part is all sexual. Uh, yeah, which made me, I mean, feel like it was totally deliberate that that's what, like there was a point being made with yeah. the excessive sexual exploits of Johnny Truant. The whole, his whole thing is, his whole journey is a, I don't know. It's a sexual yeah. thing. <laughs> you get the sense maybe, I, I may have found something like this on, on interviews also, but uh, that uh, Daniel Iski is um, sort of like Johnny Truett in a way, maybe with that part as well. Like that whole, that whole part about him going, Johnny Truett going to Europe with the Pelican pen and the Pelican poems um, that actually happened to Daniel Iski. He did that and uh, wandered around. The only books he had with him were the uh, complete works of Shakespeare's tragedies and then also um, the, the King James Version of the Bible. It's like Terrence McKenna going to the Amazon with Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just gotta I gotta go out for a second. I haven't heard you say it's been forty two minutes, Doug, has it? Well, I was gonna well do over. that, but at, at some point things are in flux right now and it was really easy for me to take forty two minutes of this and then all the other fun stuff and call it an always record. Uh huh. But I think that Alan has got designs potentially for episode 200. I think that's what it's up to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I can't take episode 200 with, with our shenanigans. Right. So this is just a, like a, a 42 minutes in the House of Leaves. Time definitely moves differently in the House of Leaves. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so... 
<laughs> yeah, so I was really happy to have found that audio book, and I thought, well, maybe Dennis would listen. But the, <laughs> the guy is, like, really difficult to listen to. So, I mean, I definitely listened to large chunks of it because I also went back and, and looked at the pages, though. Yeah, that again seems like this book especially, you need to, I mean, it's a textual yeah. enterprise in a big way, um, way more than any anything else that's out there, really. Uh, yeah, there's so many, uh, like, subtexts or... Uh... Oh, there was that one um, part. There's the check mark. I feel like that was really important. I don't remember what page that was on. Like maybe it was on 42. So how many oh, times that was there were, uh, 97. There it is, 97. So many times there were footnotes that I just I couldn't find the note. Um, and yeah, I didn't the know note. They were word notes. Yeah, the notice is obscure, like in weird places, even at the end of the book sometimes. So what is up with um, the page 97 checkmark? Well, so if you go back to uh, page um, 609, that's in her letters again. Yeah. And She's then, talking uh, about the, the code. Yeah, so she says, if you go to that page, it's like, uh, uh, she's saying, from now on, for now, uh, for now, all you need to do is place your next letter a check mark in the lower right-hand corner. That way, I'll know you received the letter, this letter, because she thinks that uh, the letters she writes to him are not being sent to him. Um, so he puts his check on to say that he's received her letters. But <laughs> if it's on this page, ninety-seven. Then is she is he sending her this book as as it's being written or, but that would be impossible because she's she's already dead you know. Unless uh, unless she's written oh, the whole thing. So I went. I mean, one of the things that I found initially was the possible chapter titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And so when I was taking apart the audio, because it, it was just in giant chunks, and I broke them into the actual chapters, and that was one of the ways that I initially explored the labyrinth. Um, so that chapter, chapter 8, is, according to this, would be the SOS chapter, and so that would be where the check mark is on the SOS chapter. And then, like the dots, apparently, if you look... It's dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, 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 you know, which is SOS. Yeah. And then, and then even, the, even the paragraphs, it goes like a short, short, short paragraph, and then long, long, long paragraph. <laughs> and, then, and, and then apparently the, uh, the there's film. a note on that. The film does that too, like short, three short scenes and three long scenes. <laughs> then later on you read that... Uh, um, if you actually look at the, uh, I forget what they're saying. Like you, you actually listen to the 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 knocks, and they weren't an SOS pattern at all. You know. 
Did you guys that... see Parasite by any chance? Oh, not yet. I'd like to. I haven't There's seen it yet either. Pretty big SOS component in that. I won't spoil it. Did you like it, Alex? Loved it. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it's good. It's good enough for me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't watch it here because it's not. Um, uh, they don't have English subtitles, right? Like oh, it's, right. it's in Korean, so it's, all the subtitles are in Japanese. Just gotta wait for the Blu-ray. Um, yeah. So that the the uh, the chapter titles. If you look at that, so chapter twenty, chapter twenty-one doesn't exist. Nightmares. Um, that's the one that Johnny Truant adds his own stuff to it. So if you take out that chapter, then there's twenty-two titles. And so I'm, I just started to wonder if 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 this matches up with um, the tarot, right? I was thinking so, about that today, actually, because like for uh, when Will and I were doing the show a million years ago, we were playing with the year the years yeah and so this this being the 20th year and i think it the 20th card is judgment it just feels right like that's how yeah. i've been thinking lately <laughs> it's the judgment day for sure you're the rat you're the plague and the trumpet <laughs> Yeah, so chapter 13 in this is the Minotaur, stroked out. Yeah. And then, of course, the 13th card is uh, is death. What What's the devil card? Um, That is... What's that? It's the 15th. 15th, yeah. I just I I took out yeah the devil's fifteenth I took out my uh, my Thoth deck and then I I'm looking through it I realize the fool card is missing somehow it doesn't I don't know where it went I I had it before one of the time. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine how it would be misplaced you you uh... You've moved past it. I don't know. I've lost, lost my fool. <laughs> well, that, I, I, I mean, that's how it feels. We've lost their. Well, so that movie, the uh, a serious man, starts with the Jefferson airplane song about um, don't you need someone to love? But I just, it feels like oh, that's why that's yeah. why you quoted it. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Because. The guy, it feels like the wonder is drained out of his life. He's just moving through life, and there's no more joy, right? And it's, yeah. and and that's kind of the moment that I feel like we're in, where you know, what is it that brings us joy anymore? And and so in that movie, I can't remember all of it but he gets sucked into his brother is it his brother who has the all the weird theories and notebooks and well so that's what's interesting so the the our the star of the you know our protagonist is he's he needs certainty in his life but he's teaching you know heisenberg's uncertainty principle 
but the, right. ma the math is certain um but the, the life itself is uncertain um oh yeah yeah his brother's mentaculus is all about probability so you know it's what's possible but you know the protagonist needs certainty and he's not given any certainty in his life it's all you know everything's uncertain you know where his in, wife uh, is leaving him, but he's she's leaving him for a guy named Abelman. Like this is an able man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And, I just really was taken with that that film. Are are they are they twins as well? I can't remember. They're not. They're not twins. Okay. Yeah. I think it's his so like, his older brother that's. But his older brother, you know, his he he dreams he had a life as good as his brother's, where he's got nothing. You know, he's got he's got this sebaceous cyst that he's got to drain at night, and uh, he doesn't have a job. He's living on his couch. He likes to gamble a little bit, but then when his when he looks at his brother's notebook, the mentaculus, it looks like schizophrenic ravings. You know, it's like yeah, what, yeah. what is this? <laughs> looks like a looks like a sink plug. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like what. Um, yeah, that reminded me of, um, this is on uh, page 370, that quote by Einstein, which starts this, this chapter, chapter uh, 16, I guess. It's like, uh, when mathematical propositions refer to reality, they are not certain. When they are certain, they do not refer to reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be, uh, uh, so this, that starts... That's the tower. If that's if that's uh, that's card sixteen. That was an interesting chapter, actually. Where no, which which is the one that's so that if that's the tower, is that also one called science? Uh, oh, I'm not at the back again. I can't. Uh, yeah, see. it is. It's the science chapter. Right. Oh, so that's the one where they're talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, the they do samples. They take samples from the house and find out that part of the samples are older than the. Oh yeah, the older universe. than the formation of the Earth and even the solar system. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, that's the uh, that's the monolith, right? Like. Yeah. How about how about the part with the animals? Um, yeah. Cats disappearing in the courtyard, Zampano's courtyard. Oh yeah. And then uh, the Pekingese. Uh, the Pe the Pe I don't remember that part. Oh, uh, it's when the the little uh, stray dog that that uh, gets. He's with some woman, and um, they see this stray dog on the street, and he wants to take it home and help it. And oh, she yeah, says, yeah. Oh, I'll take it. And then as she's driving away, she just like, throws it out the window or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's oh, terrible. That reminded me of that, that scene in Infinite Jest, right? With, I can't oh, remember yeah. the, dog. The, the dog being dragged. Her. Oh, the poor thing. <laughs> But then the other part with with this book where uh, he has two cat, oh, like a, a dog and a cat, Hillary and Mallory, and then they uh, they go into the closet, and then just run out outside. Into the yard, like it yeah. doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them at all. Um, and then there's this whole commentary on how it doesn't affect animals and 
maybe children also. Um, there was a part towards the end where it got really academic as far as like these different theories. Yeah, yeah, his uh, theory of why he went back into the into the house. It was like uh, maybe, yeah, the Antwerp claim and the Bister Frieden Josephson criteria. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was I mean it was it was funny, but then he you. You have to slog through because it it's written in that way. Yeah, and the the last theory, like there's three of them, and then the last one is about um, Navidson as Jonah, right? And so the whole story of Jonah and the whale yeah. where uh, there's a shipwreck. Oh, I mean, there's a massive storm on the ship and Jonah, because he should have been preaching in Nineveh, um, but he wasn't. They found out that he, in order to calm the storm, he had to throw himself into the, the stormy sea, and then he was eaten by the whale, or swallowed by the whale. Um, and so Navidson being this uh, this Jonah figure, and in the same way, after Jonah threw himself into the sea, all the waters calm, became calm, and the storm finished, and then after he went back into the house, um, all these weird physical and psychological like uh, disruptions everybody was having basically ended. Um, and then and then and then there's a parallel with with that and his mother, who's she has to go to this Wellstone Institute, which uh, her husband always called the whale. So the sense that she's a Jonah too and then Zampano talks about that uh, um, so I'm not that's an interesting part too Jonah is the belly of the beast like um, but Jonah in the belly of the beast I guess so that's another uh, another kind of representation of uh of what this thing is, you know, the, the, the house or the monolith or and it, it, Moby Dick too, you know, like, uh, that was one of the, uh, was one of the things that, uh, Stephen King was saying in his part is that, uh, some people think Moby Dick is God. Some people think he's the anti-God. And, he, and then he says, well, sometimes a whale is just a whale. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a whale is just a whale. Yeah. A whale. <laughs> <laughs> a whale of a well, so, uh, Yeah, there was there was a Jungian that I read about where he analyzed that in the like the it's the monster in the unconscious, it's the whale. Right. Or the like the capital S self. You know, the monster and the god are the same. Yeah. Well, how about the uh, how about the part Alex also at the end uh, at the end where whatever that means like uh, when he's in the uh, when Davidson's it becomes the star child, <laughs> whatever, and uh, 
he starts singing Daisy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me your answer, dude. <laughs> I'm half crazy. Oh, for the love of you. His mind is going. <laughs> yeah. Stop, Dave. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would read this again. I don't think I would do it's it. Fun. It's fun. The same way, though. I think it's fun just... some of those mysteries would be, you'd want to, I don't know, I almost would want to start with the... Uh, the backstory, like Johnny's backstory, so you'd start in the at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the big thing, like um, from that forum, a lot of people talking about it, and a lot of people, it seems like, have this idea that it was his mother that wrote the whole thing, um, which I don't know if it explains everything. What does Pelafina mean? What is that? Yeah, I looked it up. I couldn't find what it... I, I don't remember it anyways. It sort of reminds me of this, the theory in The Shining that uh, you know all the supernatural stuff is sort of coming from Wendy. Um, that she's sort of the driving... the... the uh, just the whole thing. Like she's, you know, she's in the, in the basement running the boilers and checking the, you know, running the house, basically. Right, right. And that's sort of like the mother, the mother uh, energy, I guess, the, mm -hmm. the creative sort of thing that's going on. Um, that's sort of similar to this, to, to that idea of Johnny Truman's mother being the sort of source of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, he he describes his mom at one point as his his, his Shakespearean mother, because she's all all the way through she's she's doing Shakespearean references and things. Like she's definitely uh, she's definitely supposed to be super smart, you know, like a. Um, so if anybody could have written the entire thing, it, it could have been her. Uh, except she would be uh, <laughs> she would be writing about something that hadn't happened. Um, like she she died in '89, and all of the events, both with Navidson and uh, and then Johnny Truant, are all in the '90s. Um, so, that's, so that's a problem. Like how she's she's writing about the future. Um, then there's a sense that she's a she's a witch too. Like there's there's one of her letters. It's talking about putting a curse on uh, on his foster father who beats him up, Raymond. And she send, sends out a, a curse, and it actually works. You read before that in the book, he, he ends up getting sick and, and dying. Um, and then later on in her letter, she's saying, well, I might have to send out another curse. You know? <laughs> so, she's, a, she's a bizarre uh, character. 
Well, it's it's 11 o'clock. It's probably bedtime. Yeah, I'm, I'm fading. Oh, um, yeah, one thing, just um, just because uh, SJ was talking about this um, before, like uh, he was saying, we were, we were talking about all the, uh, the 9-11 um, clues or, or foreshadowings in the, in the uh, uh, underworld. And then he, he was wondering if there was anything in this book, because it was also 2000, it came out in 2000. So, I, just like as a last question, I was just wondering if you guys found anything on that. Not really. I mean, it felt more. It felt more like in a '90s mental space, like the references. Like, like I could tell that, like Tim Allen. Like there's certain things that just typified. Even the the Michael Medved show, like that was one of the references, right? Which I think was like this AM radio talk show out of Seattle or something, but it was syndicated. I mean, like I don't know. It just it felt like it, it's a different world. It was of the '90s, but it was definitely before the that that 9/11 moment. Yeah, yeah, nothing springs to mind. It, it, it definitely wasn't like, like Underworld was just tapped into that, yeah, like New York um, sort of vibe. And this was more, this is more like abstract, and it's all about like literature and the history of typography and whatnot. Um, but no, to answer your the question, I didn't really see anything. You know, there's one one part where he talks about calling nine one one, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I didn't find much on it either. Uh, I guess there's the twins. Yeah, well, lots on two, not lots on two thousand one, the movie, right? But yeah, yeah. well, there was a part where you're reading along, and it was split like the chapter splits into two columns. Yeah. But I think I don't know. I'm sure that was it was playing with his his twin brother or his Karen somehow. Mm. Mm. What I should look and see what that chapter is called. Eleven. Tom, <laughs> oh, it's Tom's story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> So it, it is about his twin brother, and that's probably why there's the two columns, but it is. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, the the book he seems to be playing with uh, the most, and there's references to it a few times, is Glass by uh, by Derrida, um, which is out of, out of print. I've never seen it. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Mm-mm. but it's, it's supposed to be his Derrida's craziest um, book and it's all footnotes all over the place in different columns and all kinds of things and according to Derrida it's Glass is his answer to Finnegan's Wake so it's this kind of lineage from Finnegan's Wake to huh. Glass to this one 
But uh, uh anyway, so in, <laughs> yeah. Copy. Oh, you should. Uh, I should let you go. I I always have you guys in an advantage because I'm 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 speaking during the daytime and you guys are always at night. <laughs> yeah. You're all jazzed up. I can it, get hopped on on caffeine. And <laughs> it depends on how how late we start. Whether or not, and then if like if it's Saturday night, I can sleep in, but. Yeah, I just got off work and I came, basically came right here to do this. <laughs> are are you? Did you move, Alex? No, I'm I'm in the same place. Same place, okay. Just a new job. Yeah, just got a job to sort of get out of the house and delivering pizzas again. <laughs> Whoa. I'm a professional pizza delivery careerist. I've been a professional delivery person. I think that was my favorite job. It's great. What, what did you deliver? I delivered Chinese food for a long time. Oh, nice. But there was no territory with this place, and so... You would go everywhere. It was just one mom and pop Chinese place. And basically, like when you're driving and you need to be somewhere, like you can get hung up in traffic. But like for whatever reason, it's like, you know, I'm just bringing people food. I don't need to sweat it. <laughs> I'm listening to books on tape. Uh, yeah, that's the best part. I like, listen to music. I listen to podcasts. and have a lot of time to listen to stuff <laughs> yeah i get there and they're happy to see me i'm like in the world like yes. i step out and i'm like in the stars and i breathe in the trees and it's like oh mm -hmm. yeah like i see parts of the city that i wouldn't see it's just a really mm -hmm. nice way to move through the world i mean not <laughs> super environmentally friendly to bring really bad food to lazy people <laughs> <laughs> Do they give you a vehicle, or do you have to use your own? I, I had to use with, my own. Uh, yeah, you gotta use your own. Right. But they, at least my job gives you gives me like a, a percent, almost like a commission on all the, the like, how, the worth, the value of all the food that I deliver. I get like a permit with a percentage of it. Sorry. Um, which is the vehicle maintenance oh, fee the vehicle or whatever. So, yeah, you got to keep up your oil changes and watch your tire uh, tread and whatnot. Do, uh, do people give you tips? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole, that's the main draw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, like, I would it's get, really like, money. a couple bucks for every delivery. Yeah. But then... The tips are what makes it. Oh, and then I would also get like an hourly wage too. So it was like. Sure. Yeah. But this was all under the table too, and that's part of the magic of it. Like on a really good night, like I'll make I'm making like twenty dollars an hour. Um, yeah, good. like a the if it it was a miserable night, it it was hard to go beneath ten dollars an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would get dinner out of it too, and it was only like four hours, so it's like 
Right. You can work part time. Yeah. Make it. Listen to always record. That's what Listen I Listen to always record. Literally, <laughs> when I was delivering pizzas in Portland, I listened to like every always record. <laughs> <laughs> now there aren't that many new ones, so I'm sad. <laughs> so what do, what do you listen to? Um, I don't know most, what to listen to these days. Mostly I've just been listening to music. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I've sort of... This is artists that I've meant to get into but never have. I just like download their whole catalog and list like lately I listen to the thirteenth floor elevators and oh, Rocky yeah. Erickson. Yeah. Just sort of just blazing through that. <laughs> um, and then I also have like I have like an iPod and a bunch of music on it and I'll just hit shuffle, you know, and listen to whatever comes up. Which is a very sinky way of going about things. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm amazed with what the computer picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Lately, I've been. Uh, I discovered Aldous Harding. You know, do you guys know her? Yeah, I think so. I've never heard. What's the name? Aldous, like Aldous Huxley, but it's a it's a woman, and then Harding. Never heard of. So, yeah, she's from New Zealand. She's kind of folk, like kind of strange folk. She's she's a she's a weird person. Huh. Some of my favorite music is from New Zealand. A lot of my favorite music is from New Zealand, actually. It's a yeah. magical place. <laughs> yeah, like, like what, for example? Um, this a lot of it's like from like the seventies, eighties, nineties. Um, but there's a band called The Clean. Huh. Um, which are like a trio pop, you know, pop garage sort of band. And they're basically like my favorite band ever. Um, the the Clean? The Clean, yeah. Oh. Um, they're great. Uh, there's quite a few more. Like in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there's like, there's a label called Flying Nun. Which oh, yeah, just, I've heard of that. Yeah, which just put out just they just had this really deep scene you know sort of post-punk stuff going like sort of velvet underground deep kind of music that is like totally obscure to most you know most people but it's uh it's like my favorite stuff yeah i should check that out um yeah definitely look at the clean i've got a friend now who's really involved in the uh Kind of indie scene in New Zealand, in Wellington. Oh, cool! I bet he, I bet he knows the Clean. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, heroes there. All right. Well, I'm going to call it. Uh, I don't know that I can wrap my head around thinking about books right now. Yeah, uh, I this always, one is. <laughs> I always get excited about like entering into. Like trying to bond with I guess that was the thing I didn't I felt like I was bonding with it at first and then I don't know what I felt like yeah it's a lot, it's 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 more impersonal than the other books that we've read like it's more like nonfiction than fiction I guess yeah yeah like initially it was like you know we get in touch with the author and then the moment in time and different things like that. 
I mean, so like I started out and I was listening to 90s music. It was like a lot of trip hop kind of stuff. And like I felt that that time. And it reminded me under the silver like a little bit too. Just like the LA vibe kind of. Oh, thing. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the missing dog or the, the dog the stuff. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, that character in that movie is definitely like a Johnny Truant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just as likable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of that movie. I didn't like it so much. Well, I, I think, either. well, it's, I think it had like high ideals, but it was getting it there kind of in a yucky sort of way. Yeah. Like it was like making a critique of, of about Hollywood, but it was using the same kind of palette of colors that you would use in Hollywood, maybe. Like, mm, I'm going to be high-minded about sexism and objectification of women by objectifying women, you know? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching that, and Erica was watching it with me, and she was just getting so mad at it. Like, <laughs> just not just because of, like, objectifying women, but because of, like, not only that, but all the women are really stupid. and like Right, right. Um, the, the, all the really interesting stuff is just, you know, for men, basically. Well, the the, it's the, the mystery, the codes, and the, like the sync stuff is the, the most fascinating stuff. Would you, and then just the underlying idea at the end of it that your entire culture is created for you. It's just a mind control conspiracy, like that, that sure. sort of idea. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you hate that. <laughs> I know. It just seems oh, like so yeah. You mean like the the guy on the hill? Yeah, yeah. Or the the, the, uh, songwriter. the songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is sort of it's like is that, is that guy really there? You know? Yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, yeah. Definitely plays like with a, reality. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. There's that level to it. You know, it's, that could be. It seems. It, it just seems like a. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Western Lands by Burroughs. You know, you, you read. I haven't that. read that one. Oh, it's 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 all the similar kind of well, except way deeper. You know, this oh, idea sure. that the elite's yeah. going into the uh, the, uh, the Egyptian realm of the dead at the end. Uh, right. We could we could we could take on Burroughs maybe at some point. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up the tunnel though, Doug. I finally got that just because you're so so excited about it. So I well, I wanted to read it anyway, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it would be interesting if we stay underground. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty heavy, and I I think it was really it's misunderstood, but it makes pounds. sense. <laughs> Like, I think when it came out, the like the exact opposite of what he was worried about happening was it's like it's fully come around back around now. But I think at the time it came out, it might have been ninety six. You know, it was the end of history. There was there was nothing to mm. criticize. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or Dennis's idea, the uh, 
love in the time of cholera that might be appropriate yeah <laughs> i don't know the corona what is that's the magical realism what's that guy's name marquez yeah no maybe that's not what i'm thinking of what is the... oh, it is magical realism but maybe there's a there's a few of those writers 100 years of solitude that's yeah. The, yeah 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 is that a different person the same guy it's the same guy okay i think that's the one that everyone reads yeah that's the one that i've read but i haven't i i don't know uh the one on cholera i've, I've heard of it i i haven't done any magical realism all right, I gotta yell at all these. Well, kids. except for Borges, you've done that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right, well, right. I'm gonna sign off. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks, guys, and thanks, Nora, for convincing me that this is worth a damn. I, it is worth a damn. <laughs> it's worth a couple dams. <laughs> there, there, no, I'm not kidding. There was a moment when I'm like, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. This is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> it took. Yeah. I started listening to uh, Vonnegut at that point. I almost made my way all the way through Breakfast of Champions, and then I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll get back into this." And I'm glad I did because then, you know, I found out what happened to Davidson and Karen and Johnny. Like I I still had four chapters to go. I think. I I just got so excited about the theory and stuff in in the book that <laughs> I stopped thinking of it as a novel. Really. Well, I think it must have been the science chapter that one that one that got really just it. I was like, I'm over it. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, I'm glad we I glad we read it though. I. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that it I don't know, got me to read it, and now I've read it, and <laughs> kind of know what it is all about. I think, it's funny though, I think this one is harder than Infinite Jest for me. Although, I mean, I don't know, Infinite Jest is hard it's too. It's not as addicting as Infinite Jest. Infinite Jest becomes addicting. Yeah, the the story of Infinite Jest and and then the the way it's written is so incredible, you know that uh, it sucks you right in. Um, like there's there's parts in Infinite Jest that are sublime, you know. Like uh, um, in this book, maybe the ideas approach that, but not not the writing right. itself, mm -hmm. you know. Because yeah, you don't get to see it; you only get to. It's it's like that idea that. You're, it's always around the corner. Whatever, you know. You, you don't get to experience it yourself. It's like mediated. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, might be the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I should let you guys go. All right. You guys take care talk, and we'll... talk for hours more, but... Uh, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> do a part two maybe <laughs> all right okay. all right have a good day nor and a good night yeah good night to you guys all right bye-bye see ya hello
Tap in a code out of the chicken. 